Hey everyone, Rob Kress here, Root Pharmacist from Root Pharmacist Radio. Welcome. Um, today, the title is going to be uh, Beyond Lipids, and we're going to be talking about cholesterol. And we'll probably do maybe one, two, or three episodes on this one. Um, I don't like to make them too long. I like to make them short to the point so you can kind of grab some uh, highly useful tidbits, um, as well as hopefully give you a different um, shift in perception, you know, like those little tiny tweaks where we can make big differences to our health and happiness. So, what spurred this idea, basically, this thought, was over on my Instagram page today. Uh, today is uh, Sunday, June 3rd, 2018. Um, and one of the posts I put up, it was actually something that I knew of way back when. But basically, Mark Sharpadome, which is a pharmaceutical company, back in 1989, they basically did a patent, um, which would be on an HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor with coenzyme Q10. Now, an HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor is a statin. So I'm sure you've heard of statin drugs. They're used to lower cholesterol. One of the side effects is, or a drug-induced nutrient depletion is coenzyme Q10. Now, coenzyme Q10 is absolutely critical to your health. Um, you know, research shows low CoQ10 levels in your blood basically can lead to early death. When we hit our 40s, we start producing less of it. So coenzyme Q10 is one of those things I recommend um, really all adults over 40 should have some sort of amount in their, you know, whether it's a multivitamin or a separate supplement. Uh, you can't get a lot of coenzyme Q10 in food sources. Uh, you'd have to eat like a ton of liver meats, and that's going to obviously have its own negative effects on you in that case. So supplementation would be the best way to go. Uh, coenzyme Q10 basically works with the mitochondria to help build that, the energy powerhouses, so it helps create energy in our system. It's also a very potent antioxidant, uh, and it actually helps prevent the oxidation of our LDL. You know how we have the cholesterol, we have HDL and LDL, and actually both can get oxidized. And when it's oxidized, we can have more free radicals. The free radicals can affect our cardiovascular system, leading to um, you know, free radical attack, inflammation, and really get into the root cause of what heart disease is. So you take a statin drug and it lowers your coenzyme Q10, you're opening the door for a whole risk of, of things. So I wanted to touch upon that today, especially the fact that you know a pharmaceutical company created a patent for, and at the time it was probably their Mevacor. They've done Mevacor and Zocor, um, but a patent with it. And then they buried it and they never put it out there knowing. I mean, if you look at the patent material, if you actually bring up my, once again, my Instagram page, which is Root Pharmacist, or you can go Rob Kress. Um, but the patent number on it, actually lists the patent number that you can look up yourself. It's four million nine hundred thirty three thousand one sixty five and a couple of things you'll see it basically says um uh the benefits let's see knowing that statins deplete coenzyme q10 um it would be considerable benefit to counteract myopathy which that can lead to and that coq10 is of benefit in congestive heart failure patients in combination with a statin um would be advisable so why would they take it out anyhow let's really look at this cholesterol, lipids, because there is kind of a cholesterol scare, right? Like, and we'll, we'll get into the facts and figures, but first of all, we call them all lipids. Now, lipids are essentially a generalized term. Uh, it's basically a term describing anything that's hydrophobic, okay? So it's basically fat-soluble. Um, so it's a synonym for fats or even triglycerides, but it really covers everything from phospholipids, triglycerides, fatty acids. So you can think about essential fatty acids like fish oil. So it's not to say lipids are a bad thing. In the realm, though, of this conversation, 
what we want to do is talk about what lipids do such as these. So they store energy. You know, they basically, um, you know, our fats is the most efficient source of energy that we have. Um, we're going to get more dense energy out of the fat than we are a carbohydrate or a protein. Their transport carriers, and this is probably where I'll just leave off. I mean, they do so many things, but I'll get into that. Uh, they're raw material for hormones. They support metabolism, cellular signaling. But as far as transporters, basically HDL and LDL, right? So when you go and you get a lipid panel, you're going to get total cholesterol, HDL, LDL. They're the main ones, hopefully triglycerides as well. But the HDL and the LDL, all they are are transporters or carriers. So LDL carries dense fats, vitamin D, fat-soluble antioxidants, and vitamins to the tissues. So, you know, A, D, E, and K. Now, what HDL does, it comes in and it eliminates the used up LDL. So we've got a balance here. And that's why they kind of refer to them as a, a good cholesterol being HDL and bad cholesterol LDL. But that certainly I think should be considered um, a misnomer not to be looked at that way because it, it should be absolutely understandable that all uh, lipids, HDL and LDL serve their purpose. So let's kind of swing back around and talk about how cholesterol, cholesterol therapy is ground zero of our medical system. Now, let's keep this in mind. Heart disease is the number one killer of both men and women. Uh, there's over 600,000 deaths a year. It's something like one out of every four deaths. That's in the United States. Um, the number one class of drugs to treat cholesterol are lipid regulars, right? Or the, the number one class of drugs are lipid regulars. Um, Statin drugs are the number one class of lipid regulars. So cholesterol drugs or intestine is essentially the number one strategy that we implement uh, for lipid management and prevention of heart disease. Now, a few years ago, the National Research Council and Institutes of Medicine found that Americans ranked worse than other countries in nine categories, including heart disease, obesity, diabetes, uh, and while at the same time, we um, spend the most money per year. Add to this, there was a 2009 study that showed 75% of patients that were hospitalized for a heart attack had cholesterol levels that would indicate that they were not at high risk for a cardiovascular event. So what we're seeing is we've got a condition such as heart disease in which we spend the most money on it, put the most attention on it. Uh, we've got studies that show people still have heart disease with normal cholesterol levels, and we're seeing downwards effects of these treatment therapies, right? So we need to, and we're spending the most money than anyone on this, and we've got the worst track record. Uh, so, you know, we've really got to revisit this and rethink this. So what about cholesterol? Cholesterol, it's a good thing. We need it. It's a pro-hormone. It's about balance, obviously, and preventing oxidation, um, but it's a precursor to vitamin D3, steroid hormones, and bile acids. Cholesterol is essential to cell membranes and all of our cells. Uh, it where it protects the cell not only from leaks like a bandage would, but it also from oxidative damage. It actually has antioxidant capability to it. Now, keep this in mind, both inflammation and oxidation of our arteries and the cardiovascular system, is these are the number one drivers for heart disease. While the brain contains only 2% of the body's weight, it houses 25% of the body's cholesterol. Thus, cholesterol is vital for the brain, for nerve signal and support, and one would have to wonder in the last 30 years, 20 years, as cholesterol medications have really amped up, if 
as well as you know Alzheimer's disease and issues of cognition going higher, is there a relationship here? The battle cry should not be the lower the better. That's the important thing. Um, cholesterol also actually plays a huge role in immune defenses. I don't think people really realize what it can do here, um, which is kind of neat as well. Um, there actually, let me just step off on this. There were a number of studies uh, involved with cholesterol showing how important it is for the immune system. 1997, research at the University of Pittsburgh Center for Clinical um, and uh, Research on the Immune Systems. Basically, they had a study of healthy adult men. The average age was 46 years old. They either had high or low cholesterol. There were significantly fewer circulating white blood cells in the lower cholesterol group, actually below normal. So we need our white blood cells, right, to fight off infection. Uh, a 1998 investigation into the association between total cholesterol and risk of infections. This is uh, through Kaiser um, Permanente. They tracked like 55,000 men, 65,000 women for 15 years. What they found was that the higher total cholesterol was actually more productive, protective. Um, they also found that higher cholesterol reduces the risk of respiratory infections. Um, another study, individuals excuse me, with LDL cholesterol below 70. This is so important here. They have 15 times greater the risk of developing cancer and five times the risk of developing sepsis, blood poison, according to a 2007 Israeli study. Basically, they found when your cholesterol level is lower than 70, you, have, you are running a much greater risk for all-cause mortality. All right, so we will continue to move around. What is the cholesterol therapy and lipid therapy that I'm speaking of? You've probably heard of them. Statins are the number one. Pravastatin, Lovastatin, Atorvastatin, Simvastatin. Uh, there's Crestor. Um, there's literally a whole bunch of them out there. So what might be the drawbacks? I think that's probably a really good question. The first thing as I started off talking about this was a nutrient depletion that was known as coenzyme Q10. Um, statin drugs, coenzyme, or the HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors, also known as, they actually deplete coenzyme Q10. They actually also prevent our body's own production of vitamin K2, which, you know, research has shown K2 levels, one, work with vitamin D, which is very important, but they've also uh, shown to help reverse plaque uh, in certain population groups. Uh, but I think we could kind of hold on to this across the board maybe, but in the study, the most recent study, it was um, postmenopausal uh, females. Um, statin drugs also uh, decrease our ability to produce stem cells. Now, the neat thing with stem cells is they have the ability to change into what we need them to. Um, side effects to the statin drugs are muscle pain, damage, uh, and damage, as well as liver damage. Um, they also have shown to increase the potentiation of diabetes. There's a number of big studies on this one as well, some through even um, you know, our military uh, hospitals over the last few years. So you know, they are not the miracle cure, or they shouldn't, I don't think, be looked at as the darling um, of drug therapy or heart disease prevention. So that's why we're talking about this. I think it's very important to grab an awareness on it at this point. So we know what's going on with our system. We know where all the attention spent. Um, why don't we take a quick look at a cholesterol panel, right? And what people study. And then what we're gonna do, we're, we're, we're probably gonna stop on there. And then we're gonna step into the next episode uh, where we're gonna talk about um, 
other testing forms that we can do. Uh, better testing uh, for heart disease that looks at inflammation, that looks at our uh, oxidative damage. And then we're going to also talk about some alternative diet and natural therapies that we can do. But first off, when someone goes in for a standard lipid panel, right, they're going to check uh, total cholesterol. Now, this is a formula for an estimate. It does not give a direct assessment on your standard lab test. Um, this is this is this would be considered cholesterol content testing. That's what the standard is. The next episode, I'm going to talk to you about particle testing, which would dial it in better. Um, LDL, you know, low density lipoprotein content, is a formula for the estimate of total amount of cholesterol in the LDL particles. The HDL, once again, is an estimate for HDL cholesterols. So when we come to the table, it's not really the full picture on the numbers that we're seeing. Um, we this is how I would like to optimize it or give you an idea. Also, triglycerides. So if we look at triglycerides. Um, if you look at a lab test, triglycerides, I think, are a major predictive factor. A lab study will tell you that 150 is normal. Now, research shows closer we can get lower below 100. Uh, we're going to be better off. And this is looking at LDL. Remember that quote-unquote bad cholesterol. LDL, there's good LDL and there's bad LDL. Now, the particle test that I was talking about, uh, and which I'll refer to in the next episode, can actually help dial in and tell you what you have. But what this means is we've got some LDL particles that'll cruise through the arteries and they're basically big, light and fluffy and they cruise through and we get them out, right? Right when they're done, uh, getting the nutrients to the cells and all that stuff. But then there's bad LDL and these are the small, tight, sticky things that can basically get into cracks of our arteries and pretty much be a wrench, right? In the system, really mess things up. So where less than 150 is normal, we can use triglycerides as a general look at if we have good or bad LDL. Um, between basically over 150, we could pretty much be rest assured we have bad LDL. Closer to 70, we could be rest assured that we have predominantly good LDL floating around. But between that 70 and 150 range, we don't know it's a gray area. So that would be reason to drive that LD or uh, your triglycerides down even further. So that would be good. Now, how else can we optimize a standard lipid panel? Because a lot of people won't have access to their doctor doing like a particle test. Well, we can use ratios. Uh, one ratio to look at would be total cholesterol versus HDL. This is a good indicator of how long LDL is hanging out in the blood. Remember, the longer it hangs out, the higher potentiation we have for it to become oxidized and cause some trouble, um, regardless if it's good or bad LDL. So we don't want it to hang out long. So we want to know that HDL is doing an efficient job. So you would want a ratio of three less than 3.5 to 1 would be optimal. Okay, that would be total cholesterol to HDL. Another ratio we can look at would be triglyceride to HDL ratio. This here is actually a very good marker for insulin resistance. Insulin resistance essentially saying um, if we ha are having or if we're resistant to the in insulin, we're already popping out, um, which is leading to inflammation, fat storage, and a whole host of metabolic and cardiovascular incidences. But um, we don't want this ratio of triglycerides to HDL to be more than two to one, and it would be better to be even one to one. So imagine if you had an HDL of 70 and a triglycerides of 70, that would be a nice thing to dial in. So that'll, that's just a little tidbit that you can look at um, to basically take a standard panel uh, and you know essentially look at it and make it better and give some ideas how to do that. So 
that is it right now. I should probably lastly finish up. I was saying, you know, why, let me just tell you why triglycerides are bad and when you can look at it that way. Um, and why we also want to bring it lower aside from the uh, LDL being good or bad. If you were to sit on a bridge, I like to use this analogy. I think it works well. And this bridge was going over a river. If you were to look down in that river and you were to start dropping oil, droplets of oil, those are triglycerides in your bloodstream. Okay, the river obviously represent in the bloodstream. So we don't want these things to coagulate and stick because that's what's going to lead to trouble. So anyway, in the next conversation, we're going to step into a little more on the oxidation, the inflammation, uh, some particle testing on how you can optimize testing options and some other unique testing, as well as uh, some natural approaches through diet and supplements. So thank you for listening today. Rob Cress here at Root Pharmacist Radio, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.